Persistence Culture presents Pep Talk with Big Pets. Yo, how, how exciting is it to know that, like, how long has it been now? Like a year or not even that you, like, started this? Started Mad Max Fitness? Or yeah, like, like, like Mad Max Fitness. It's been, like, two months. Two months officially? Yeah. And you're, like, always fully booked. Every day. Yep. We're rolling? Perfect. That's exactly how we're going to start it. Oh yeah, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Pep Talk. You got myself, Big Pep. And unfortunately today, my co-star, Mr. Juan Ramirez, uh, had to be absent. So I'm doing this all by myself. This special guest that we have today, um, he is somebody who literally I grew up with. And his story is like beyond remarkable because I've got to see it all along the way. I'm not going to... Give you guys the full, full details. I'll let him run it. But literally, man, when I tell you this kid or this grown man now went from deciding to chase his dreams, putting his life savings into it, and now within two months is one of the most sought out personal trainers in Ventura County. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Max Jacobs. Thank you, Big Pat. Appreciate that. Yeah. Max, what's going on, man? How's everything? Yeah, everything is really, really good. Um, excited to be here. Yeah. First podcast. So thanks for getting me on it. I appreciate it. You nervous at all right now? No, I'm good. You do not look nervous at all. There's a lot of people, man, who I've had where, and literally I've had like music managers or whatever, or artists and they get the shakes, they get yeah. the hands, you know? I think just recently just trying to be more exposed on Instagram has helped me with that. Okay. Because definitely this is not something that I was always good at and still working on getting better every single day. Um, but just trying to be myself is, is the best part, you know, just be you and and people have seen to, to enjoy that. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So let's get straight into it, man. Um, we're here today because one, um, you and I trained together and mm-hmm. two, you opened up and thank you for the stickers. Mad Max fit, Fitness. So let to the people explain exactly what it is. Don't give too many details because then we're okay. going to start your story. But what exactly is Mad Max Fitness? Where is it at? And explain it. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. So Mad Max Fitness basically started off as my Instagram name. Um, I was working as a trainer at a gym and uh, about two and a half months ago, decided to take the switch to be self-employed. So the name was already kind of working well for me. So I decided to take that and make that my gym. Uh, My gym is located at my home in Ventura and I do personal training for all types of clients, whether it's athletes, um, couples, um, anywhere from 18 to 76 is my oldest client. Hell yeah. So I definitely like to help everybody, all types of people. Um, really focusing on strength, mobility, and recovery is kind of my main three goals with my clients. Um, I do offer infrared sauna services, and all my sessions are very private. So it's just me and the client, and we work after their goals based on what they're looking to do. I love it, man. And, and personally, uh, being able to train there a few times, you're no joke. You're no joke, man. I mean, I I, I put myself on a pedestal of like, like I kill myself in every workout and then yeah. you killed me. And so, you know, I love how you, as a, as a trainer, you work to the level. I mean, not to the level. I'm sorry. It's more like you understand your client. So if Absolutely. you, if you know, like, Hey, you're dealing with, let's just say a 70 year old woman who mm-hmm. has um, arthritis, you know how to work that versus you have a 33 year old, you know, a guy who I think yeah. personally well, I'm fit and you know how to crack down, you know? So I appreciate that. Um, let's start from the beginning, man. I've known you, since you were probably, man, 14? Maybe even younger. Maybe even younger. So like 12 or 13. Yeah, 12 yeah. or 13. Your dad, OG, shout out to Paul. Yep. Shout out to Paul. <laughs> shout out to Big Pops. <laughs> the ultimate three-pointer. That's right. Um, So your dad and me, we met at LA Fitness years ago, or I think it was Mavericks, and the local gym yeah, here Mavericks. in Ventura, California. And you would come, and you would come around, and you'd play. Mm-hmm. And then I remember you loved playing basketball, and – where did where did the the sports or the athletic side come from? Like, wh- when did you get deep into like playing sports? Yeah, no. So I, when I was a youngster, really, I wasn't actually into basketball as much as I was until I kind of hit a point where I was playing multiple sports at one time. So I started off by doing like taekwondo as a kid, playing soccer, AYSO, um, played football for Packers, did basketball eventually for VIBA, um, and even did a couple other little things, just like working with a next level camp eventually with you, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where my pops was like, okay, this is kind of getting expensive. Like, we got to pick one sport. 
you know, and so what do you really want to do? And my dad growing up being a big Bulls fan, Michael Jordan fan, obviously had an influence in basketball for me. And when it was about 10, 11 years old is when I decided to go full into basketball. So that's kind of shortly before we met and started getting into our, our training together. Yep, exactly. Now, how long did you keep on pursuing basketball? Uh, beyond that? Yeah. I mean, I played basketball all through middle school, high school, um, and obviously as an adult in men's leagues, West yeah. Park, things like that. Um, but now I just use it as a hobby, good cardio, you know, good to get out there with the guys and go play. So still playing ball every now and then, not as much as I used to, sure. not as much as I like to, but part of that's because of what I do for a living. I got to kind of do the risk reward ratio, um, LA fitness, get hacked out there and lose an ankle and then can't go to work the next day, but, um, definitely still love playing ball. And that's definitely my passion. You know, one of the biggest things that I saw not recently, probably like about six months ago was a post that you posted and it was a transformation before and after when you first started and you when you first started um on that picture you were a thick boy oh i was big you were a big boy yeah, i was big and uh now you have a you have a great physique so Thank um you. explain to me the mindset during that time when you were overweight and then what kind of like click to like you know what let me let me start let me start working out and be in better health because you're only how old are you i'm 29 yeah you're so young yeah. so How'd that all happen? Well, and that's, it's a good point you make because I am so young. And so being at a position in my life where I felt like, you know, waking up every single day, backs hurting, knees are hurting, um, you know, sleep was tough, just energy levels were low. It, w it wasn't who I am at heart. I've always been an athlete as a youngster. And, and like we mentioned, playing sports since we were kids, um, it was very, very abnormal for me to feel that way. So I think the switch for me was one, knowing I'm better than that, like, this is not how life's supposed to be at, at the time, 25, 26 years old. Yeah. Um, like in the middle of just being, you know, 70 pounds overweight, uh, which was a big part of why my knees did hurt. My back did hurt, et cetera, et cetera. So that was kind of the big thing was just one day I woke up um, actually on vacation in Hawaii and we were going to go zip lining and we were in uh, the, the north side of the big island in Hilo. Mm -hmm. And man, they like, you are 0.2 pounds away, sir, from being able to ride this ride. And I had to sign a waiver to be able to take the zip line. So how much did you weigh at that time? 269.8 pounds. And right. the limit was 270. Damn. So I actually got a little heavier. My heaviest I got was 276. Okay. And yeah, and how tall are you? I'm six, almost six two, six oh. one and a half. Okay. Yeah. So, um, usually like my comfort weight was like 225, 230 when I was in my best shape, I felt like, and just got way above and beyond that. So when I was in Hawaii, of course, being a young man, like I never thought I'd be in a position to wear like and I can't even get on this zip line or go enjoy things with my family or, you know, feeling self-conscious about going to the beach and enjoying myself, whatever. And I mean, I'm sorry to cut you off, but, yet. You, but you, you made a point right now. Self-conscious is, is when that happened, right? Let's just say, were you in front of, uh, you were in front of your, like your family? Uh, me and my fiance. Okay. So you and your fiance yeah. and they pull you to the side and they say, Hey man, like you have to sign this cause we don't want any liability. Yeah. Like what was the, like, what, what, how bad did that hurt? What What did you think in your mind? Like, like what, what what happened right there? Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's one of those things where it was kind of threw me off guard. For sure. Because I didn't feel like that would, I'd ever be in those those shoes. You know, like, even being the height and weight I was, being a taller guy, we kind of carry the weight a little bit easier, right? We, we can blend in mm -hmm. um, with the right clothes and the right things to not look as, as overweight. Um, so when he told me that, I was like, you sure? Like, and he's like, you know, like, 270 is the limit, man. You're point two behind it. Like, technically, we shouldn't even let you on this thing, but... If you send the waiver, you can jump on it, um, which I did. And, you know, luckily everything was fine. Yeah. Um, so I think that was just a, a wake up call for me. And actually, the sad part about it is just to show how not easy it is to take, make that transformation is it still took me another two years to really figure it out. Um, even coming back home after that, you know, wake up call for sure. Made a few changes here and there, but nothing stuck consistently. What, what exactly were the small changes? Um, you know, I think just trying to be more relevant with my water intake, trying to eat a little bit healthier. I never had a problem with like going out and eating bad food or like fast food because we always cooked at the house or, mm -hmm. you know, being Italian, my mom made really good food all the time. So it was never an issue of the quality of the food. It was just what I was eating and, yeah. the, and the quantity. Um, so it just made some small changes there. Things kind of stuck. But really the, the main main key on the other side was the exercise. And I thought, well, if I just go play basketball a couple of times a week and, you know, do a couple dumbbell bench presses and here it'll be fine. And it wasn't the case. So slowly and slowly as you get older, even in your 20s, you know, your metabolism does slow down if you don't keep it moving. Uh -huh, and course. so eating more food, working out less, obviously those two aren't a good combo. And that's how I got to that heavyweight. When, um, when you were doing all this, cause I remember also too, like through social media, you were also, let me get this right. Were you selling Harleys or were you a realtor at the time? 
So a little bit of both. Okay. So that's a big part of actually the weight gain as well. Okay. Um, that's a good point you bring up is, is working for Harley. Not, not that it was Harley Davidson's fault. It's just, it's a very sedentary lifestyle. So I did work my way up. I mean, in those five years, I gained a lot of weight. Things weren't bad. Like I wasn't depressed. Um, I bought a house. I was making the most money I ever made at the yeah. time working for somebody else. Um, had it's, a great relationship, got it's, dogs. It's kind of like one of those things where it's like, you know, like, um, what do people say? You either have one or the other. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think at third, at, like me at 33 and now you, you said 27, 29, 29. You're starting to realize like it's a lot more work, but you mm-hmm. kind of can have both. But at that time you're like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me make my money and you know, get my, my ducks in order. And then my health can eventually come around somewhat. I, I, I think that's the, that's the way to think about it. Looking back at it now, but in the moment I realized more importantly, or I should say reverse that in the moment. Now I realize that more importantly, how your surroundings affect your success. Gotcha. Right. Because everyone that was around me wasn't interested in working out. When I worked at Mazda, my first job in, in car sales, did that about a year and a half before that. Everyone there was Jack dude. Like everyone worked out after work. Like, you know, guys were just like, how tight can your shirts be? And, yeah. you know, so it was just like, well, I want to be, you know, like these guys. And then the moment I switched my atmosphere and went somewhere else where it was, you know, burritos for lunch and, you know, riding Harleys, grabbing a beer after work, which nothing, they're bad people, but you know, just different lifestyle, different habits. For sure. And so that affected and rubbed off on me, which eventually became like, well, if everyone else is doing it once again, it's okay. So you surround yourself with those that you want to be like, and these were good people, but just didn't have the lifestyle I needed to be around. And so combining that with working 12 to 14 hours a day, sometimes including the travel from, you know, more parking back and six days a week and weekends and, you know, you get home and you're exhausted and granted, I didn't really have the motivation on top of that to do it. And it's just the perfect storm for, for the weight gain. So I've been there. Yeah. I've been there, man. I, I think I remember, I think I, I remember probably, I think around like 25, same thing, 24. Um, after I was done with college and playing ball and everything, I come home and yeah, I gained like 25, 30 pounds. And it wasn't mm-hmm. like you, it's not like you're eating junk. It's just like right. you work a nine to five drive home yep you're tired as fuck pop a beer yeah what's in the fridge and you just go about your business exactly and you don't realize like you're not working out your heart you're not moving your endorphins are low exactly and then you said um your metabolism slows down yeah for sure so now you go from uh harley you were selling houses as well i did so from harley I worked there for about seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the the heart of kind of my weight gain was definitely like going up when I was working there for sure. At 25? Uh, I worked there from 23 to about 27. Okay. 20, 28 almost. Um, or no, 27, I'm sorry. And uh, from 23 to 27 was when I was general manager at the store. And like I said, did really, really well. Had a good career there. Uh, then COVID happened. So I was already in the process of getting my real estate license to do that kind of in conjunction with Harley. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when COVID happened, they closed the dealership down. I was the most expensive employee Well, you're the last one to come back. Right. So I started to do real estate and luckily for me that popped off pretty well in the beginning. So sold a few houses like right off the bat. Um, and when they called me to say, Hey, you want to come back to work for us? You know, I was like, I'm good. I'm going to continue doing real estate. Um, were you, were you working out? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. So still doing real estate. Um, when, this is all when pandemic happened, you know, COVID and everything shut down. It was kind of like now even an easier excuse. Well, the gyms are closed, you know, can't go to the gym now. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of even added more to that effect. And then same thing, real estate, you are working very, you know, off hours. It's, it's a lot of times late at night, people get off of work, get off of dinner. That's when you need to be there for them. It's in the morning before they go to work, before you drop the kids off. So you're kind of all over the place in the lunch breaks. You were, you were working almost all day, just little spurts of three, four hours at a time. Sure. So once again, really easy to find reasons not to be able to go to the gym, not to be able to change my lifestyle when it came to health. Um, just was enjoying life, riding the Harley, drinking beer, doing things. And like I said, was never like upset with it. Just didn't realize what the damage it was doing to me. So from there, um, I'll never forget it. It was actually right kind of like three or four months in of being, you know, quote unquote unemployed, even though I was the self-employed with, with real estate. And I had on my computer a pretty large order of uh, gym equipment. That was just sitting there like, but, but, but my question was, is my, my question is, is, is what made you want to have that order of, of, of gym equipment if that wasn't like a priority for you? So me, me and uh, my fiance, Meyer were talking about like, we got to get back into the gym somewhere. Was she, was she kind of uh, not like, was she not fit at the time as well? So we actually met at the gym. Okay. Yeah. We met at LA fitness. Nice. Um, so it's all coming full circle now. Yeah. 
But um, no, she's always been, you know, some people just are blessed, man, with you could just eat whatever you want and just look the same. Oh, yeah. Like, not me. Not I, me. <laughs> I look at a cheeseburger and I gain five pounds. Exactly, so dude. I got to work hard for I it. I eat bacon, I gain a boob. <laughs> yeah, exactly. for real. So, um, so no, she was able to maintain. And we still did, like I said, we, we'd walk the dogs, do things like that. But, um, you know, we, were, we both weren't really working out uh, together just because, obviously, you know, if I wasn't doing it, she wasn't doing it. Sure. It made it really easy for both of us to just kind of do what we were doing to each other. Um, so one, I should, I should go back. Like you said, one day what brought that up was, is we were like, man, we know we got to do better than this. Like, and it was during that, that time when we were at home and we were like, okay, well let's just look online and see how much like some weights on Craigslist cost sure. or something. And we were, we were kind of looking around and, and gym equipment at the time was like the most expensive it's ever been. Oh, during COVID. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because yeah. all gyms were closed. So yep. supply and demand people were like, I'm going to sell my gym equipment for super expensive. Um, so that's kind of why I started to look around a little bit and then realized, well, let me look how much brand new stuff costs. And actually there was this company called Frey Fitness that came out and they were like uh, manufactured in China, but sold and shipped out of the U.S. They claimed to be the same quality as like Rogue and a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. So brand new company, they were jumping on the train of like, well, gym equipment's popular. Let's make a gym equipment company. So I kind of gave them a shot. I was looking at the stuff and I was just not sure if I wanted to pull the trigger. It was like almost eight grand and sat there for three more months. Just sat in my cart, sat in my cart, okay. kept, kept refreshing it, kept going back and looking at it. And I thought one day I'm going to come back and I'm going to push the button. And of course it was a giant financial commitment, but also just, I knew how my mind works. If I spend the money, I'll use the stuff. Sure. Cause everyone was telling me, dude, home gyms are a waste of money. Like don't do it. And if I never had going back to it, hit that button, took me about three months. Um, told Myra, she ran in the chick, what, what happened? I was like, I, I did it. I did it. You know, like, did what? And I was like, I, I spent the eight grand. She's like, on what? I was like, the gym equipment we've been watching. She's like, oh, you really bought it. And so I just like, don't know what happened to me one day. I didn't even feel more motivated or disciplined or anything. I just, just did it. I just had like a weird impulse and just said, I'm going to do it. And and was your, cause I know you, you talk about your, your home, your home gym. Was your garage already like ready to, to make it, to make it a home gym? No, dude, it was a mess. It was, it was a storage unit. Um, Half my garage was like my Harley and some tools, things mm-hmm. like that. And the other half was like a couch where, you know, when I got home from riding the Harley, I would sit and drink a beer yeah. <laughs> and then a bunch of storage stuff. Um, so not ready at all for it, which another reason why I want to hit that button. It was like, okay, now I have a plan of action. Like I'm going to take some action to go to the garage, get half of it cleaned up, try and organize some yeah. few things. And really that was kind of, in my opinion, the beginning of my fitness journey was just making that click because making that financial commitment to myself and making the commitment to actually work out again was, in my brain, what I needed to just get the fuel going, get the fire going. So once I ordered all that stuff, it took another three months or so to get here because shipping was delayed and all that stuff during COVID. Um, and then when it finally got here, it was like, I remember it was like Christmas, man. It was just like, I had a basic squat rack. I had like five through 25 pound dumbbells. I bought a uh, Craigslist off treadmill in addition to that for 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I had a bench and I bought a cable machine, which was like, at the time, like my nicest piece of equipment. And so I was super, super excited, got it all set up in the garage, and now what, right? I was like, okay, I have all this stuff, like, I really don't know what I'm doing, you know? I mean, I've worked out in the past because I was in good shape or athletic, but I never had, like, a program. So that got my interest sparked in, like, learning how to actually design a program. Um, how much did you weigh at the time during all this? Like, again, like, I keep on asking, like, were you working out? Were you not, like, were you still, like, like, like heavier set? Like This is still at 276 at this okay. point. Okay. Yeah. So this was when everything showed up, it was the very end of December slash kind of January of 2021. Okay. So, yeah. And uh, from there, it took another, like I said, month and a half or so for things to trickle in just because it took some time. But I had the floor down and I got like on that that video I made on Instagram, you could see the the uh, transformation of the gym too. But I had the one strip of floor down, rubber floor, and the basic weights I got. And then once that showed up, I put a TV up. And I kind of use like YouTube and things like that to kind of be my instructor. Mm-hmm. And I just started learning as much as I possibly could on like how to lose weight and how to gain muscle. And so that was at my heaviest 276. Um, and then over the course of about 16 months is when I lost 70, 77 pounds, almost 75 pounds. Jeez. And that's not including the muscle that I gained. That's uh, muscle minus fat. So it's about a hundred pound transformation. If you include the muscle gain during that, mi- well, first off, man, like, I praise you, and I know like that that shit is no joke. Yeah, it was tough. But during that time of of those months, like, what was your what was your mindset? Because you know what, like, are you into David Goggins? I am. 
So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just reading his second book right now. And I was literally listening to him as I was showering. And, you know, this guy, you know, he's, you know, he talks about, he's like, man, I like after writing my first book, I felt good. But then I felt like I lost a savage in me. Then mm-hmm. I, then I talked to my inner bitch. Yep. My inner bitch told me like, stop being a bitch <laughs> right. and get back to it. So what was your inner self telling you during those time of losing weight? Was, did you have a motivation of like, you know, like me personally is like when I get motivated, I think of like either people used to bully me or I used to think mm-hmm. of fucking, or I think of like, like the work that I do, like I have to be in top shape. I have to do this. I have to, my, my mind has to be right just in case if I'm with a client or just in case of, if, if something happens with my wife or if intruder breaks in, I have to be prepared. So during this time that you were losing your weight, what was your mindset? Yeah. So I think ultimately, um, I've always, everything I've done, and this is not to toot my own horn, just at, in work. Sure. I, I've been able to start at the very bottom and work my way to the top. Mm-hmm. Right. That was always kind of like a goal of mine. It's like how, how efficiently and quickly can I make a difference in X, Y, and Z company or X, Y, and Z job uh, to be the best at what I do? And so I was like, why would you go into the same thing with that, any other mentality? And so I was like, okay, well, there's no one here to push me. Um, there's a lot of people that were like, once again, waste of money. What are you doing? You're not going to last. It's a phase. For sure. Um, which, you know, didn't really bother me, but definitely a little fuel to the fire. Um, and I think just knowing that at such a young age, my potential, I never actually tapped into physically. Even when I was younger going to the gym, LA Fitness, it was just mm-hmm. basketball. Like I really never got into a true program or true weight training. Um, and so I just wanted to see like what I could do to test my body. And I think that was not so much from doubters or haters or whatever external factors. It was just like internally I had this desire, like what does the best version of Max look like? And I've never seen it. So it just Hell got yeah. it got me pumped up, dude. And I just I got pumped up yeah. right now, bro. I'm I'm high. I'm high. I'm high. So that was that was really what just like I said hit the switch. And then even then, you know, I think people when I first came out about kind of like some of the stuff, like I was posting the pictures and videos that uh, like when I was like chubby and overweight, like it wasn't like I just waited until I was like in good shape. Like I was very transparent that it was like gonna be a long road. Yeah. And, and that's really where Instagram for me even became relevant in my life was because it wasn't to show people what I was doing. It was to hold myself accountable. It was like, if I show everybody that I'm doing this and I put it out there, then I got to do it. Yeah. Like, cause my dad always taught me like reputations, all you got and you get one of them, you know what I mean? So you screw that up, then, you know, it's hard to, to, to rebuild that. And so I was like, well, if I put it out there to everybody that I'm going to set this goal, which at the time was only 30 pounds, I want to lose 30 pounds. Was it in a certain amount of time? It was just six like, months. Okay. Which is pretty attainable. I thought, yeah. you know, what's that, what's that 30, about five months? pounds a month. Yeah. Yeah. Which is still aggressive, but, but, you know, in the beginning you can shed some weight a little quicker than you can as you get leaner. So, um, I was like, well, if I just set this goal out there, even if I don't hit it, it's just a good way to keep myself accountable. And I was doing these kind of daily check-ins with the scale and with like the, uh, the like first form this product I love, they yeah. did 75 hard and they do like the check-in progress with your photos. So I was just trying to find any factor that could help keep me on the right track. And for me doing that, spending the money, the financial commitment, and then, you know, basically telling the 280 followers I had at the time that I'm going to do this um, and family and friends, of course, uh, that's what kept me on track and got me motivated. So um, once it started to happen, it got really contagious. Um, it was slow in the beginning because even when you first start out doing anything, it's a learning curve. Sure. Body gets sore quicker. You don't know how to recover, qu- you know, properly. Um, your diet. Your diet. Exactly. Big deal on the diet and sleep. I mean, all these things I had to figure out still. Um, and obviously, you know, get rid of the bad habits. So that was kind of how once those things started to, to show some results, it got more contagious, got more um, addicting to, to fitness. And, and little by little, the, the pounds started coming off. So what was the biggest um, change in your diet? So, you know, there's and lot, alcoholic beverages. Yeah. Well, I didn't drink for almost a year. OK. Yeah. I mean, I oh, had during a, your during your mm-hmm. transformation. Yeah. OK. And it's hard because I'm, I'm always like the fun police now as a trainer. Right. Like people are like, oh, you know, Matt, here comes Max. It's like. I'm not telling people to not drink alcohol if that's their thing, but reality is it's it's detrimental to to your health and fitness. Mm-hmm. It is, and I and I love a good glass of tequila every now and then. Like, it's just you know you got. I feel like you got to earn it. You know for sure, I mean? you see, for sure. You see these guys like LeBron drinking a glass of wine, whatever. Like, oh, he's doing it. Well, like he has the best, you know, trainers, doctors. Like he his body is his business, and so or take or take the rock. Right, exactly. I mean, these guys train like animals, and they and they they completely respect their body and so when they decide to have that it's it's a treat it's it's you know they've earned it um 
So I didn't drink. Um, I gave up beer. I still don't really drink beer, honestly. Yeah. I, I used to love beer. I'll have a beer if it's like a special occasion, but it's been probably maybe two, three times in the last year I've had a beer. Um, tequila, however, now and then. For sure. Because um, my pops likes to drink tequila. So, you know, family, offen- uh, family events, things like that. But the alcohol was a big deal. And then more importantly, I think people were trying to figure out, like, well, how did you do it? Like, what was the secret? And I tell them, honestly, I said no to a lot of things. That was probably over the diet, over anything else. Like, being able to have the willpower to say no to, like, it's going to sound bad, but, like, birthday parties and, and events and things like that. Because, because of the, t- t- the temptation. Exactly. Yeah. I knew in the beginning stages, if I went, I was going to be able to just not say no. And so by not going at all, that was my way of dealing with it. Um but do you, you think know, do you think that do you think looking back at it that was a good decision? I do. Yeah, I do because I I still maintain relationships with all these people. I still you know like was there for them or did things with them. But I explained to them like, look, I'm I'm really trying to focus on this right now. Like, if you love me and care about me, you'll understand. And um, so the the, re- the support was very very much reciprocated back. It's just in the beginning, people were like, oh, like you're going through a phase or you're trying to you know you are you trying to figure out your life again? And sure. Like, what are you what are you doing? You know. And it was just more or less just like no, I just I, this is the quickest way for me to get to point A to point B is to eliminate all distractions. And that's why I tell people it's not probably very normal to lose that much weight in a year, but I trained for two to three hours a day, two times a day. And I didn't drink any alcohol and I ate really clean and tracked all of my food. Like if you take the guesswork out of it, the results are going to happen. Exactly. And so of course, like I said, the first month or two was a little bit of guesswork until I realized like, okay, like let's, let's really do this. And Tracking your food is tedious. It's it's monotonous. It's not really fun to do by any means, but that uh, in in conclusion with doing the training for like I said two times a day, that's really the secret. I mean, it was no no magic pill. I dig it. It was just hard work. Yeah. Um. So now that you know the transformation happens, right? You end up looking the way you look. You look like a specimen. When did you decide? You know what? Like I, I feel comfortable enough and confident enough to be a personal trainer. Yeah. So, well, what happens is that this is this is kind of like I think common for most people, but maybe maybe it could have been just for me. In the beginning, you have like your your super close like friends, right? Mm-hmm. Your small circle. They're they're usually going to support you no matter what you do. You tell them you want to go to the moon, cool, bro. Like let's let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. But then you have people that are going to be you know outside looking in, and so that was like first, he's not going to do it, et cetera, et cetera. Then it becomes like, hey, like maybe he is doing it, like, and they start reaching out, like what's what's the secret? Okay. Then it becomes like, can I train with you? And then it becomes like, okay, bro, like, how do I sign up? And so over time, just my results alone, people started to show interest in, like, working out with me. And I never thought this was going to be something that was going to turn into a career necessarily. I just really enjoyed helping other people do what I just did. So it started off with family. Then it became friends. Then it became, like, people on the side that were like, can I train with you? And I'm like, I don't even know what to charge them. Like, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. like this is my little home gym. Like, you want to come work out with me? Like, And um, so I decided, well, if I'm going to start doing this on the side alongside real estate at the time still, let me get my certification. So that's when I started to do, to do the NASM uh, personal training certification. You know what, man? I like that you said that because there's a lot of people. Well, look, actually, I'm a I'm guilty of it. You know, I'll be I I've trained and I, and and what I do is like I'll be like oh yeah, like like I don't I didn't go get get my certification because I know what I'm doing mm-hmm. personally. However, the fact that you went and got in shape, you know what you're doing, and just to like have like the actual like paperwork to say like no like i know what i'm doing and there's proof in the pudding you know like you have i commend you on that man because i appreciate you're that. better than me <laughs> well but you know what though also like i think you take the real estate exam or the personal training exam neither one of you are really going to teach you how to do what you do yeah it's just going to give you the groundwork and the certification to be able to protect you in the industry to, to practice what you want to do and so that's kind of what i felt like with personal training i was like well if people are coming to my house like, I don't want to get sued for, you know, my property or something. Sure. It's going to happen. So, like, it's a liability. And then, obviously, the education standpoint, like, I was excited to learn more. I was really, really gung-ho about, like, how can I figure out how to change the body even faster or train others or do things. So, the education side of things did, did excite me. But um, I know plenty of people that are, are great at what they do without licenses certification. So, I don't think it's a necessary thing to have to be able to be good at it. But it definitely helped me launch my business and be able to do it professionally without any you know, like issues, people coming after me or whatnot. So that's kind of what got that going. Um, and then once I got the certification um, and doing real estate, I actually started to intern for a gym and doing that on the side. It wasn't getting paid, just wanted to kind of get the experience. Um, ended up getting hired as a trainer somewhere and then worked there for about nine, 10 months. And then I decided to do what I'm doing now. 
So you leave that gym and then you end up deciding, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to actually do this. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to go balls of the wall. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we were training, you told me a number, but I wanted, I want the people to hear, um, when you decided to go full on and actually really become, you know, like this be, be your career, mm-hmm. you pretty much told me you pretty much put your whole life savings into it. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 I, what, what made you do that decision? How did your fiance feel about it? Like what happened? Like what, what made you just say like, I'm going to do this? Yeah. So I think going back to the original $8,000 purchase from Freight Fitness, yeah. it was like, well, I hit that button and it worked out. So why not do this one? <laughs> I don't know. I was just like, it was really one of those things where we both were like, okay, the cool thing too is she's never, I mean like same thing. I could tell her anything that I'm going to do tomorrow and she believes me. So that's the first thing. I'm that's very, a good, that's a good woman. Very blessed yeah, to have yeah. that because I've never had any backlash on support. I mean, it's just been like, you've always done well what you do. So if this is what you want to do, then let's go do it. Yeah. And I told her, I was like, you know, my, the, the problem with working at a gym and this is no disrespect to any gym. It's just the, the fact of the matter. There's probably some that I've figured out, but I don't think most have is it's hard for a trainer to be able to sustain a career there because the income it's very low. Mm-hmm. And so was I about to give up what I love to do? The lives I've changed, the life, the life I changed because I can't make enough money. So I told her, well, if I keep doing what I'm doing, I know what I'm going to expect. Gotcha. Or I take this risk and right. Like, I mean, yeah. I can always get a job in another gym. I mean, I'm a good trainer. Yep. And so it started off with the budget, probably about a fourth of what I ended up spending because you just don't know until you get into it. Um, the garage was completely not ready at all. And I probably could have done some training out of the gym. Like I did originally a lot less, um, you know, high scale, if you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like if I went all in and I showed people that I was very dedicated and serious about it, that my clients would, you know, respect that and take me seriously as well. And I didn't want it to feel like you were coming to my backyard or like my gym. Like I wanted it to feel like when you walked in, like, oh man, this is beautiful. Like this is a really nice facility to train in. So, um, yeah, one thing led to another and actually all the construction except for electrical I did with me and a client, um, who helped me. So like learned how to drywall or how to do insulation, Heck yeah. did flooring, like just figured it out and it was very rewarding in that respect. And, uh, yeah, little by little, you know, she was just like, at this point you're, you're already in it. So what's another X amount of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And, uh, then it ended up turning out to be how it is today. And, and I wouldn't regret, I don't regret doing one thing. I mean, it was really like, everything was very well thought out, the design, the equipment. I wanted everything to be top notch. And so, well, let, well let, let's talk about your gym because I've, I personally have been able to, I've been invited over there and I've, and I've trained in there and, you know, I feel like, man, look, I felt I had the best <laughs> home gym. Your gym is nice. Yeah. But I walk into yours and it's, it's, it, it's, man, it's like, it, to me, it's almost like an equinox. Like you walk in there and it's, and it's clean. It's beautiful. And like you said, the, almost like an interior design of it to where like you walk in and you don't even feel like you're in a garage, you know, you have, you know, uh, turf, you have rogue, you have a great TV setup. You have, you know, everything, everything is just like, you have the towels, you have the waters, like you're going into something that represents you mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's like you're clean you're about your business and you're gonna go in there and just put in work yeah you know yeah and i think too that's that's a big deal of like first impression and you know personal training whether it's at, at a commercial gym or, or with a, a one-on-one person like myself or at a, a, a personal training studio whatever it may be it's an investment like it personal training is not cheap yeah um, especially when you're good at what you do you know you can charge a little bit more but um I want people to walk in there, like I said, and feel like this is, this is the value of this product is exceeding the money I'm spending, you know? And of course getting results is a big deal behind that, but training in a facility or a gym or a studio where it is clean, where the equipment is all well organized, it really shows a lot to me about like the person's craft and what they do for other people. Because when you walk into a gym or, or something and it, there's stuff everywhere and dumbbells are rusty and it's just, it could be another reason to be unmotivated in my opinion. And so having that experience when you walk in of the towels and, you know, I got the infrared sauna. Exactly. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) The little locker room area and everything, you know, all all the equipment, having different barbells, bands, you know, I wanted to have it all so that there's nothing someone can say when they come in and be like, man, you know, I love training with you, but wish I had this, this and that. Exactly. It's like, I don't want to have any factors that are going to stop me from taking on any client. 
You're missing a steam room. You're missing a steam room. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to train with you because you're missing yeah. a steam room. Man. Um, when did it become, I guess in the sense like real in the sense of like you have, you had one client to now, how many do you have now? Mm. I mean, let's just, how about this? And in, in the past, I know two months is official, but I mean, you went from having family and friends to now every time I see you, you're busy. Yeah. You're nonstop. I mean, it took us weeks to get us to get you in here, yeah. you know, because it's literally like, you know, you I got I have to book you weeks in <laughs> advance because, I mean, if you find uh, if first off, I'm going to ask again later on at the end of the show. But where can everybody everybody find you at on your Instagram? So I'm at Mad Max Fitness. So if you're on his Instagram, literally, you will see and no bullshit. From 4 a.m., 5 a.m., he posts whether he's training or. He has couples training or he has um, friends training and it's, you don't stop. Yeah. You don't stop. You don't stop. You don't stop. So how many clients do you have now? Uh, I mean, the frequency per client is, is various, right? Yeah. So some train three, four times a week, some train once a week, some train once a month. Yeah. Um, it really depends on a couple of things, financial budget, um, their intentions and goals. Sure. And then obviously just reality of the point is, is people work, people have lives, things happen. So I have some diehards. I probably have about 15 people that are two to three times a week, every week. That's my consistent 25 to 30 hours. Um, and then I have probably another 15, 20 people that, you know, we'll sprinkle in onesie twosies. Um, probably about 40 clients total. Bro, that's amazing. And, um, and, and, it's, and it's only been two months and it's in your garage. Yeah. So it's not like you're ever going to be late to a session. I thought that'd be really bad. <laughs> I told Myra, I said, if I'm ever late to work, this is horrible. Like yeah. the traffic was bad from the kitchen to the garage. Or what? <laughs> like that is bad. I dig it. Um, going on with like, I mean, the, the fitness side, but what, what, what now, um, is your, like, who, who do you look up to? Like, what's your role model? Who's your role model in the fitness game? Mm, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I haven't thought about that. You know, I think, hmm. I mean, honestly, for me, it, it might sound a little cheesy looking at it now, but like my role models in the game right now are actually all my clients. And reason why I say that is because. It is <laughs> no, 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 no. Which one? I do this on. I do this on purpose too. But there you go. Uh, what an answer. Let's hear about your clients. No, so why I say that is it, not anyone in particular. They they all have a different relationship with me. But you think about what a personal trainer does, right? I think in the beginning, when I went from being general manager to being real estate, to, you know, those are all very prominent titles, right? Yeah. You feel like you're very proud of that, and you're a personal trainer. You're like, oh, you work at some gym. Like you're just a personal trainer, almost like it's like a disrespect. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think the job itself had a lack of like responsibility to the community. People don't realize how important it is what you're actually doing for people. For sure. And I don't take what I do lightly. Obviously you can see like with the gym and, and a lot of my clients, I mean, will speak highly of, of the results they've gotten. They're putting in the hard work, of course, but you know, they're, they're staying accountable. They're following the program. They're taking nutritional advice. And so you change people's lives and you're actually lengthening their lives right and, and, and also too you're practicing what you preach too like right i've always been a believer in i don't want i don't want to look better than my trainer yeah you know what i'm saying so yeah. it's like it's that's an interesting topic too that's been going around right now on on how your trainer should look and it, it's well how should they see and it's i mean in, in your opinion yeah so i mean i think it's like anything else. How many basketball coaches, football coaches look like they've never played football in their life? A lot. Right. Mm -hmm. But they're excellent at what they do. Mm -hmm. So I think there's some of that can apply to this industry. But for example, if you're having to perform these movements and you can't do it, that's where I cross the line. So I don't think your trainer has to look like, you know, Hercules mm -hmm. to be successful. Um, there's a lot of people that are very educated in the space that you would never think they work out day in their life, but they're some of the best trainers in the world. Um, now, I think what you're saying is what I believe at, at wholesome is you should practice what you preach. Yes. And that's the biggest thing is like, you know, not every, everyone is chasing aesthetic goals. Um, most people, it's not their actual top priority. It's being able to be with their kids and family, being able to go to the park, being able to go running if they want, whatever it may be. And so those are more realistic, attainable goals that people are trying to chase in the beginning. Then once you break that threshold of now I'm committed, then it becomes the aesthetic side of things is what I believe. So, Yes. Do I have my own personal goals? I'm trying to look a certain way, be uh, strong in a certain way, be mobile in a certain way. 
Absolutely. But I don't think that it's mandatory. I think it just helps. I think if you can show that, okay, you should do this, this, and that, but you don't look like that, it's kind of hard to, in their mind, take your advice sure. because, well, if you're telling me to do this, but you don't look like that, or if you're telling me to do this, more importantly, you don't even do that, then how am I supposed to believe this is going to work? And so that's why a lot of my clients resonate with me because I did lose 75 pounds. I did go through the process of, you know, I wasn't born with these amazing genetics or, or incredible um, athleticism or whatnot. You know, I, I had to work for it. And that's most of us, right? Like yeah. Most of us aren't just, we don't wake up with a six pack and, and look shredded all the time. We got to earn it. And so um, I think that's the, the biggest thing is just practicing what you preach. And I take the responsibility that I have with my clients, like super important. And, um, you know, they're, they're trusting me with the relationship and the time and the money and the energy to be able to help them achieve their goals and change their lives. And, you know, like that's, that's big, you know, yeah. we, we need more people to be healthy in this world. We, we have a lot of issues with health. And so, you know, if I can help change 40 people's lives, um, that, that's powerful. This is your first podcast. First one. You're very good at this, bro. You're <laughs> very good at this. Um, look, I usually ask at the very end, we usually ask three questions and one of the first ones is, is well, before I get to those, those three, I noticed that in your gym, mm -hmm. you finally put up your logo. I did. And we have stickers right here. And also we have this water bottle with it. Like, explain it to me. So where did, where did Mad Max Fitness come from? I know obviously your name's Max, but yeah. where, did, where, did, where did the whole aesthetic and the whole idea come from about designing this? Yeah, uh, good question. So like I said, Mad Max was originally my Instagram, which is Mad Max 300 at the time. Mm -hmm. Then once I said, well, I'm going to be a trainer and I'm going to be into fitness, I was like, I remember the day too, I'm like, oh man, I'm really going to change my Instagram to fitness? Like, you know, that <laughs> I'm sure. going in and it like felt internally like, this is kind of scary. Like I'm telling the world, like of course. I am a fitness person. And of course, probably no one even realizes or cares in the beginning. But um, to me, I was like, okay, I'm going to commit to it. So I left the Mad Max, got rid of the 300, changed the fitness. That stuck. I liked it. Um, actually, not nothing to do with the movie itself or the show. I just, just liked the Mad Max fitness thing. So that's kind of where the name came from. People enjoyed it, and I feel like, you know, kind of embodied, like, when I train, like, I like to get after it, so yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, as far as what has done for my life, the strength, mobility, and recovery, uh, truly before I worked out on my own prior to being a trainer, it was not that. It was show up to the gym, do some random stuff, and hope for the best. Sure. Right? And so by prioritizing those three things, it's completely changed my life, which in return has changed my client's life. So that's my motto there. I think, you know, strength, style of working out, I like to do mobility if you don't feel good you can't stretch you can't mm -hmm. you know get up in the morning without pain things like that um it's going to be an issue in your training and then if you don't recover all the stuff is irrelevant i mean recovery is, is huge and then obviously with the sauna so that's kind of how the logo came there being born and raised in ventura got to show love to the palm trees and, and the beach so that's where that came from and then taking your fitness to the max you know just had to throw the name in there <laughs> for a little a little pun at the end so um that's kind of how it all came together. I actually, believe it or not, um, gave some of these ideas to uh, this person on Fiverr and they helped me make my logo. This person was in Pakistan and we did it all on the computer together and took about two weeks to figure it out. Nice. Sent him some concepts and then we ended up uh, narrowing it down to these colors and, and this design and I fell in love with it. I, I love it, man. I really do. You know, I, um, Juan and I, through our podcast, you know, people will give us like, hey, here's our sticker here, you know, but to actually take the time and... You know, and I'll ask them. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll ask them, hey, what's the sticker about? Oh, you know, put my name on there. Oh, you know, whatever the fuck. You know, but this, you know, there's a story. There's a story mm -hmm. behind it. And I think, you know, like I said, like I said right now with you, this is being your first podcast. Like, the storytelling that you bring is is amazing, man. Like you, I appreciate that. Yeah, you're Thank really you. able to to explain. And, like, me, almost like you, you put me through, like, a full-on, like, like dream of like how you started, how, where you're at now, obviously you're succeeding with, with your business, you know, so proud of you, man. Thank I really you. am. Thank you, brother. This, this is, this is amazing. Um, here we go. The final three questions are this is one, if you can go and give somebody a piece of advice, mm -hmm. what piece of advice would you give them in regards to being a personal trainer? In, in respect to wanting to be a personal trainer? Or to my like to people that want to train. No, uh, to being a personal trainer. How about both? To being a personal trainer, then also to to somebody who is. Let's start with the first one. What would you? What piece of advice would you give to a person who's an aspiring personal trainer? That's a good question too. So I would say biggest piece of advice, big dog, <laughs> is um. Work on yourself before you work on your clients. Okay. 
I like that. Because this is not something that you should take lightly. <laughs> and he's here. No, no, lightly, right? Yeah, lightly. Um, and he's here. Or at least he likes me now. Yeah. Um, you know, you you're literally working with someone's body yeah. in their life. And your your, you know, cardiovascular system, their heart, their lungs, or this is something you shouldn't take take lightly. So you gotta get started somewhere. I'm big dog. You gotta get started somewhere and and really you can only practice on people to get the experience, which is hard because you're you're trying new things with sure. people and you don't want to hurt them, whatnot. But if you do things with yourself, you take your time and you educate yourself as much as you possibly can and try things before you make your clients do them. Like I see so many people on Instagram doing these crazy workouts, things like that. Like most people you're going to work with aren't going to do backhands, flip flips and things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So just in my opinion, do it yourself, find, find success in your own uh, personal journey and fitness and educate yourself and then become a trainer. Now for somebody who wants to be a, let's just say a client, a client, not just yours, but like what piece of advice would you give it to somebody who wants to start training? Someone who wants to start training, uh, I think the, the best piece of advice is why wait till tomorrow? Okay. You know what I mean? I mean, there's always going to be a reason why today is not going to be good. Like, I can think of 100 reasons every single day why I can't work out. And people think, oh, well, it's easy because you're a trainer. It's like, no, it's not easy. I still get days where I'm tired or I don't want to do it or I have sure. work to do or other things, but I make it a priority, even if it's half hour, an hour, two hours, whatever it is, to get a training session in. And so for clients that are wondering, is it a good time to start? It, it, it's a great time to start. Now, if you could go, this guy loves you. He does like me a lot. <laughs> if you could go back, and I, I usually ask, this is the, I usually ask uh, people this. If you can go back and talk to your 25-year-old, 270-pound self who's at the zip line, mm -hmm. what piece of advice or what, like, or what, what's something that you would tell him knowing what you know now, knew, knowing who you are now? Um, I would tell him probably what I would tell my clients. Like, what are you waiting for? You know, I mean, reality of it is, is every single person I truly believe has, uh, the ability to do something. We're all born with different opportunities and sure. different genetics and different circumstances. And some may be challenging more than others, but I really looked back at my situation and it was never really bad. You know what I mean? Other than my own personal choices. Sure. Um, I self-inflicted that weight. No one forced me to do those things. And so what an opportunity I have now looking back, I would tell that person, like, you don't even realize the time you're wasting. You know what I mean? Like, you're 25 years old. This is your prime time to be doing this. And, of course, 29, 35, 45, still a great time to do it. But I would probably go back. I mean, I couldn't even imagine. I've been working out consistently now for about two years if I had seven years under my belt. You know, like, I'd be a monster, dude. Like, you know, yeah, so, yeah, of course. because you're always chasing that next step. Right. And so I think that's the biggest thing is just like whatever you look at for health and fitness, whether it's to just feel better, look better, uh, whatever, act better. Um, it's just the, it's the best thing you can do is to put your mind and your body in a, in a good space where you feel confident in yourself and you can do things that you want to do without any limitations. And final, the, the, and for the final question is what are let's just say hundred years from now, you know, mm -hmm. after Max, you, you, you're long gone, right? You have your tombstone. Mm -hmm. Mad Max personal trainer was blank, blank, blank. Mm. I would say Mad Max fitness, Max Jacobs, personal trainer always gave it his all. Okay. Because like because it's not just in fitness too, I do treat my friendships, my relationships, um, family, things like that. You know, work. I think you should give it all and everything you got. You know. Yeah. So then, I guess would that be your answer to my next question, which is, Max is a person, not personal trainer, is blank blank blank. Max is a person. Yeah. Um. I think for me, one of my best attributes would be is like understanding and compassionate. I, I put that it. on there because I, I get like when people tell me like, Oh, you don't understand. Like, no, nah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, and maybe not everything about everyone's life, but just speaking on like 
the challenges we face. Like I think what I went through, even though it may not be huge to someone else, to me it was a probably the biggest challenge I've overcome in my life, um, mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to do that and look back at it and be like, man, that was that was really cool. I got to experience that, even though it was a negative time in my life. Um, it helps me be able to be more understanding, compassionate, and empathetic to people who are also trying to figure out their next step in their journey. So, hell yeah! Look at guys. I've been to Max's gym. Um, I've personally known this young man for 20 plus years. If you have time, check out his Instagram one more time. What is it? It's at Mad Max Fitness. And I'll also put the link below on our uh, on our platforms. When I tell you guys the way he trains, the way he coaches, it's not just for men. It's not just for young men. It's not just for older men. It's for women. It's for couples. I've seen, I've literally have seen videos of a wife and a husband training, squatting, pushing themselves while the, their, their son is playing video games right there. Like, <laughs> yep. like it's a family affair. Yeah. And you know, for the people who are listening and I mean, you, you've seen the podcast, like, I don't just bring anybody on here. And the for reason sure, why, the biggest thing why I wanted, I invited you and that you, and I'm glad that you accepted the invitation was because of course. bro, like I was a big boy and mm -hmm. I know how much work it is to to get to where you want to be and then keep on striving for more. And then also too, man, like having that confidence to change people's lives because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, whether you're a personal trainer or whether you're a bodyguard, people are saying, here's my life. Mm -hmm. Make it better. They trust you with it. Yeah. They trust you with it. Whether yeah. it's protecting, whether Big. it's making me, making me get in shape, whether it's, Hey, you know, I don't want to be followed by, paparazzi or whether it's hey i'm trying to beat diabetes mm -hmm. you know so mm -hmm. max it's been a pleasure big pep and i just want to let everyone know this guy's a big inspiration to me as well <laughs> Appreciate like that. since day one has always held it down and been super solid to me and my family so pepe thank you brother oh yeah man appreciate it and thank you everybody to list for listening for watching please subscribe on youtube at big pep 3342 also to uh check out our podcast on all streaming platforms pep talk and of course thank you to persistence culture media for always supporting and sponsoring us um get a chance guys if you guys are in the 805 check out max hopefully he has um some time to get you guys in there because <laughs> the man is a busy schedule we're out peace guys thanks oh, yeah. solid dude oh yeah that was fun